Welcome to the Continuous Delivery Podcast. My name is Hino. I'm Zarar. And I'm Cheesy. Today we're going to talk about a topic that I've encountered a couple of times today, and that is uh, specifically related to metrics, to getting insights into how your teams are doing and where they can improve, where are the opportunities. And one of the things that I uh, recognized today, or at least that I struggled with, was uh, when working with a couple of teams where the data is really not kept up to date and the base data that we're starting from uh, is really not uh, very, I'd say, healthy or, uh, or, or, or there's not, not an, an awful lot of discipline to keep that data uh, up to date. And as a result, uh, it, it might be difficult to get some meaningful insights and, uh, and find out where the opportunities for improvement are. Just wanted to uh, throw it on the table here and see if there's any comments to this, uh, any things that you've seen in the past, and any ideas on how to potentially improve that. Uh, well, I, you can always, you know, make the make the uh, team agreement that the past is the past, and going forward, we'll start recording good data. Uh, I find that is probably the easiest thing to do in in a situation where perhaps your project management system or your GitHub or your PRs or whatever it is are not organized or not producing the data that you want them to produce. That might be probably the simplest way of doing it. Um, but even when 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 I've noticed that there's a team agreement to track certain amount of data or do certain things, things still sort of go wayward because there's always exceptions that occur which break the the meaning of the metric that is produced. So even though we, we say that we'll do X, Y, and Z and produce, let's say, a throughput metric or a cycle time metric, there's always something thrown into the mix that is an exception with a high variance that can throw the, throw the numbers off. Uh, and I think much like any metric, you have to take it as sort of a, um, not necessarily a strict guidance, but a general uh, theme of what might be going on and then adapt accordingly. So not to take metrics too seriously and certainly don't make them a target. Right. That's yet another problem. Um, Cheesy, do you have any uh, any insights in, into where this might come from and what you can potentially do about it? Yeah. Uh, well, uh, it, it can come from a number of places, you know, to be quite honest. And, and uh, so I, I would... In, in that type of position, I would probably want to try to get to a place where I understood why the team uh, didn't feel compelled to keep those metrics up. Is it that uh, whatever it was that they were trying to improve upon or whatever the original meaning or reason for the the uh, tracking the metric originally is no longer valid, that that's a possibility or, or maybe they, they had one view or one idea about the metric early on, and they've, they've discovered that, that it's something else. So uh, I, I've seen this a lot, whenever, especially whenever I see people creating metrics to track something that that's seemingly isn't really important or that, that you can't draw a straight line to some form of an outcome for. For example, I've seen lots of metrics around becoming agile, for example, and hell, I, I can understand why a team would would fall away from doing that because becoming agile is absolutely meaningless. It has no meaning as as opposed to, you know, we're trying to become agile because, you know, or or maybe our, our goal is to improve quality or our goal is to 
you know, deliver software more, you know, so some other type of an outcome. But I find whenever we create those interim uh, type of, of a goal that, that measure some action as opposed to some outcome, that the team quickly gets bored with those and, and rightfully so. And also, they may not feel that it's reflective of what it's trying to be reflective of. I've had this happen as well, where uh, it happened with throughput for me, where a team was tracking tracking throughput and their throughput was kind of dipping. Uh, but they actually felt that they were still producing a lot of business value, even though they were a little bit slower than the throughput might indicate. So they stopped taking it seriously because they didn't think that it was reflective of what it was supposed to indicate. Right. So I, I sense I sense that we're we're talking right now around capturing data specifically to support certain metrics where we want to get the insights from, right? So, and that's definitely uh, an area. And I, and I hear uh, for sure that if you don't necessarily understand uh, why the out the insights are valuable, that you're then going to uh, let your guard down and maybe not use the discipline that you're required to use if you want to get those if you want to get those meaningful insights. So that's that's one one area of it. But on the other hand, there's a whole bunch of metrics that we can get from basically using the process the way that we've agreed upon, uh, using it with the individual squad. Like, for instance, it might be, let's say that you're using something like a Jira or a LinkedIn or, or even a GitHub uh, projects and, and just moving your, your, your stories or your items or your task or, or whatever it is that you're calling them, moving them along the board as you are working on them, um, assigning them to yourself as you are picking up that particular task, even those particular pieces of discipline are also sometimes lacking and also uh, leading to metrics that you or, or insights that you might not get. So let, let me get to uh, to that again in a second. So because that's that's ultimately the challenge that I was dealing with today. But I want to come back to something that um, that Zarar mentioned uh, in the beginning as well, and that was uh, specifically related to um to to yeah those outliers when you uh, for instance when you're looking at throughput and you are interpreting metrics and you're suddenly seeing that there is uh, a week where your throughput is significantly lower or your cycle time for a specific item is, is significantly higher um I don't think and, and let's let's get back to this I don't think that it ever is a good idea to uh, to take these things as face value and look at the number without really interpreting them or without really looking into, oh, hang on, we have an outlier here. Let's go and dig a little bit deeper as to why this outlier is there. Oh, there is something that we didn't expect. We had an, uh, an external dependency. It doesn't happen all the time. But this time we had an external dependency that has blocked us for a whole week. Yeah, okay, that that basically increased the cycle time of this particular item with a week. Okay, great, done, right? If this happens now again, that becomes an insight. If it happens once, it's an outlier. And you should be able to basically ignore that and say like, yeah, we noticed it. It has an impact on our metric today. That's fine. Let's move on. If it happens again the second week and the third week and a week afterwards, um, actually, I hope that you don't wait that long. Then you should start looking into, okay, what can we do to reduce that dependence, that external dependency? Or what can we do to not be blocked by it uh, so much or whatever that might be, right? So... There's a whole bunch of things that we already got out of uh, out of this conversation. So specifically related to those uh, those team um, agreements and and basically the basic discipline of uh, of keeping um, 
your data up to date, keeping your your issues in the right columns, um, identifying them as what they are. If you want to get an insight into um, how different types of, of of issues are moving through the system, um, what have you seen in 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 those areas? What have you you seen that can uh, that can improve there, cheesy? Well. Uh, again, I want to go back to something I said, but but then expand on it just a little bit. You know, a, a team that doesn't make the effort to do what they theoretically have agreed to do earlier, uh, it, it, it usually means that they haven't fully bought into whatever it is that, that we're trying to do, right? And so uh, from my experience, that, that most often – happens whenever something is imposed from the outside as opposed to whenever the team itself comes up with it. So, and, and let me let me dive just a little bit deeper into that. I, I, I often find that if the team makes a decision on their own, not from the outside, but they make a decision on their own, hey, let's, let's uh, we, we believe that we want to improve on X. Okay, so notice I'm focusing on an outcome. And then the team works through to say, okay, the best way for that we believe we can measure if we've improved on X is by measuring Y. Uh, I, then, then it's very easy if it slips a little bit to remind the team. But I find that in cases like that, it rarely happens. But where I find that, that this happens is where somebody externally says, okay, I want the team to measure X. And that could be a manager, that could be, you know, uh, somebody that, that, that you know, the, the team members report to in a metrics-like organization. Or it could even be an agile coach who comes in and imposes on the team, you need to improve on X, and here's the metric. And the team will go through the motions to make that the person who requested it happy for a period of time, but they haven't bought into it. You know, and and to be honest, rightfully so. Mm-hmm. And they might not have bought into it because they never agreed with the decision, but they also might not have bought into it because they joined the team at a later stage and might not understand all the reasons behind it, right? And that's uh, in one of the teams that I work with today, I saw this happening, that uh, the board was set up in a way, in this way for quite some time. And as a result, uh, the the new people who joined the team and that had been a little bit of turnover uh, between then and now, the new people who joined the team hadn't entirely bought into the process and it was never really challenged, right? So uh, one of the reasons why uh, why people were not necessarily following it was because they didn't understand what it meant for a, an issue to be in a certain column uh, as opposed to in another one. You know, I'll take a, a, a less, um, you know, I'll assume that the team is into the metrics, and I think one 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 reason I've seen teams not do this is there's an element of don't repeat yourself onto this. We always tell you know when coaching uh, you know engineers that don't repeat yourself in your code and in your documentation and so on. Uh, and I find that at the same time we sort of put the onus on developers to actually go make the commit and then repeat a similar task by moving the ticket over to the board. It, it, it is duplication in a sense. And I think if we can somehow eliminate that duplication for, for people where whatever thing moves on to the next column or whatever state you're trying to track automatically, 
then it becomes a frictionless experience rather than having to remember to do something. That's why I'm as as I you know go go deeper into my career. I'm, I'm really you know thinking of just stick with GitHub where all the code is there and you can pull numbers out of there directly instead of exporting to Jira or whatever and then doing some math there. And, and the second uh, reason, uh, you know, in your example, you know, you mentioned like there's an outlier. They, they maybe not don't care about the outlier. I think, And I think in those situations, that's happened to me as well. And one way I dealt with that is by making sure that we compare outliers to other outliers. Like in your case, if there's if, the, if, if something got, you know, in your in your iteration, something got slammed and took too long. Well, why did it take too long? But don't compare it to something that didn't take too long. Take compare it to some other thing that also had an external dependency, which was managed differently. Perhaps I think that might give you a, a better source of conversation than comparing it to the mean. Yeah, and that that would also assume that you have uh, enough of those, of course, to be able to compare, right? Um, right. But I, I really liked where you were going with this uh, this automation as well. So so maybe let's dig a little bit deeper into this. Uh, so you basically were uh, advocating um, the how would I say it? so so building in basically the 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 moving or the collecting of data into your actual work, the work that you have to do anyways already, like committing, like pushing, like uh, creating a, a, a PR. So Cheesy, you have some ideas uh, on that, I'm sure. I, I think it, it's it's not about collecting the data per se, but I'm thinking that that what Rizarar was going with this is that the metrics should just naturally fall out of the way you work. So you shouldn't have to go out and collect, but you should be able to work your process. And then based on that process, uh, it should leave a trail that shows what could happen. I'll give a great example of that. One of the clients I'm working with right now, uh, the developers don't have to go in Jira because their pipeline updates Jira automatically. You know, So the pipeline moves the stories, et cetera. Right. And and that's that's ultimately what I meant by that as well. I mean, you still have that visual, but that visual is updated as well just because of the actions that you naturally need to take with your code, right? So uh, for people who want to look at uh, GitHub projects or who want to look at a Jira board, they can still go and look at it and they know that it's up to date because the, the system underneath has made sure that it is up to date. So what are those kinds of, um, I would say, events or uh, or actions that might uh, lead to meaningful insights. It, it, it's funny because it's not. It's I, it, it's. Uh, I've always thought in in a, in, a, in a software development team, it's always interesting to measure wait times or or the length of queues. So obviously the column sizes and those kind of things become become important, and those are fairly easy to measure. But it, it's always interesting to measure how long something was done and just stood there in an idle state waiting for somebody to, to, to pick it up uh, because because the, if, if, if you're coaching the team, because that can give you some ammunition to sort of convince the team that this is wasteful. And if you're able to do that, that, uh, that can probably increase a, a lot of the metrics you care about. So to me, if I had to pick one, uh, I would say uh, wait time in queues. Yeah. You know, for, for me, the, the, the most important metrics for a team to track are the metrics that they believe will show if they're improving in a specific area that they want to improve. 
And I always try to layer over top of that measuring whip because, uh, again, I just see that 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 keeping whip low uh, alleviates so much strain on the system and allows things to get done in such a much faster approach or in a faster manner so that whatever else it is that we're looking at, we kind of almost kind of amplified or are able to see it faster and react faster. So keeping whip low is something that I always talk to my teams about, but then beyond that, what does the team want to improve? Do they want to improve quality? What do they believe that they should be looking at to know, are we improving quality or not? Or do they believe we should reduce cycle time, for example? Well, you know, what do they believe beyond keeping whip low? Uh, do they, you know, do they want to have happier customers? How can they measure that? How can they, you know, orchestrate the uh, the the app to to uh, make sure that they're getting that data and so on? I mean, WIP is an interesting one because obviously, I think we can all agree that it's it's a very very important metric. Uh, and you know, I've also seen teams where they they will you know vocalize the importance of low WIP, but in reality, not necessarily practice it. Because low whip sort of, first of all, encourages behaviors of mobbing and pairing and those kind of things because multiple people work on the same item. But if you don't have that culture in your team or your skill set is, is is too specialized where you can't actually do some of the things that low whip encourages you to do, then a low whip becomes meaningless because it also becomes a form of waste at that point. Because the people who are supposed to mob or who are supposed to kind of huddle on a particular item now can't really do that because maybe they don't, they're not able to, or maybe maybe sometimes they don't want to. So low whip, I'm a big proponent of low whip. Obviously, preach it all the time, but it does require your team to have, you know, more less specialized skill and and the and 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 no techniques like pairing and mobbing and and be into them, you know. Yeah, and that, that is definitely true uh, when you're looking at WIP uh, across an entire squad or team. But uh, but even beyond that, or or even at a smaller scale within one particular with one particular person or team member, you could also reduce that WIP, and that would already have a significant impact if uh, a team member is associated with multiple pieces of work at once that they can't net possibly work on at the same time. Right. So one of the things that I noticed in the, the two examples that both of you gave, Zerar, the uh, looking at the wait times and Cheesy looking at uh, work in progress, are the two areas of waste that are easiest to address just by being a little bit more mindful uh, of that. Okay, so this was a great conversation. I think we're going to stop it right here. So basically to wrap it up, we looked at uh, how is discipline really uh, impacting the, the insights that we're getting from uh, the metrics that we might um, that we might calculate based on on all the data that we gather, uh, that's one. That discipline is is important because otherwise it's very difficult to get accurate data. At the same time, look for opportunities to not need to do anything extra to get data that you get insights from. If you can automatically get it from uh, your process that you're uh, using, uh, so much better. And uh, if there is two metrics or two areas uh, that you can get great insights from and you can immediately improve with. It is uh, definitely visualizing wait times and visualizing work in progress. This was the Continuous Delivery Podcast. Um, see you all soon enough. <laughs>